Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Biblo Steps and Destruction. Today, I've got the great pleasure of being joined by photographer and artist Gaston Velish. I hope I've pronounced that correctly, Gaston, but good evening. Thanks for joining me. Good evening, Ian. That sounds very good. No worries. Good stuff. Cool. So obviously we're here to talk about uh, your recent publication, Car Wash Poems, which is set in the beautiful city of Glasgow, which I know you obviously work and live in now. Um, But before we get into talking about your book, it'd be great if you could give us an introduction to your photographic background and journey, Gaston. Yeah. Um, So hi, I'm Gaston. I'm an artist and designer working in Glasgow. I currently work at the Glasgow School of Art as a design researcher, but I'm trying to kind of em- embrace the role of photography in my life. Very good. <laughs> um, and the first step for that was the publication of this book, um, which is basically a culmination of the last four years of photographing in the streets of Glasgow. Very good. Um, what What more can I say? Um, I started taking photography seriously about five or six years ago when um, cool. I rediscovered my my mom's uh, film camera. Excellent. So that was kind of, a, yeah, the key to falling back in love with photography. Yeah, that's it. It's often the case that people maybe have a love of photography going back many, many years, move away from it, step away from it as other parts in life take over. But then at some point, everyone kind of rekindles their love and enjoyment for photography and I suppose for capturing uh, capturing day-to-day life as well. So yeah, obviously your, your book Car Wash Poems has been a number of years worth of photography around Glasgow. So um, what kind of drew you to photographing the streets of Glasgow and and some of the ordinary scenes that we, we see as we pass by day-to-day life? I think this book is a bit trickier because um, when I first sat around making it, I, I looked at the, the photo library that I had and tried to gather the different um, pictures into themes. And I decided to start with the photos that didn't really fit into a neat category. Yep. Uh, usually the pictures I take kind of feature people or kind of specific actions or scenes. But these were kind of the, um, the ones that didn't fit into those boxes. Yeah. Um, so they're more like the small kind of pictures that drew me to, and I had to take a picture of the kind of cliches or. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know, I know what you mean. Looking at some of the work, the, the photograph of the, the roadwork sign stuck in a bush um, and the, the cone with the red tape tied around it. As you say, I know exactly what you mean when you say yeah, it's, it's the shots that, don't fit fit in the typical subject matters that you're photographing, but yet are so interesting and, and captivating that you feel the need and the requirement to capture them. Yep, that's exactly it. And I suppose from there was it is the is the book therefore a collection of all of these shots that that didn't didn't fit the set theme and and what was the idea behind it all? Well, that was the starting point to kind of gather all all these pictures. And then once I had um, a selection of, I think, 200 pictures, I printed them all uh, as we postcards. Yes, yep. And looking looking through them, there are kind of recurring points. And it started to have a theme of its own. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So 
yeah, it started telling a story, even though that's not the way I initially took them. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, through the through the book, there's loads of pictures of flowers and kind of building and kind of birth and regrowth, and also kind of things dying and yeah. and wilting away. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a love it's a lovely collection of images, and as you say, there are some beautiful themes that have just kind of created and developed themselves from what is a whole set of images that you've not intentionally set out to capture. You've you've obviously not gone out with the idea of creating a book um, around this set theme, but I suppose sometimes when you come to look at doing something like this, it's it's the images that you least expect it, which actually kind of create and speak to you. I think yeah, it's kind of that that those two parts of the photography journey, the kind of taking the picture, and in this case, it was a bit more unintentional or a bit more uh, kind of, um, or at least it's subconscious in a way. Yes. And then there's the editing part of it where you try and make sense of the work. Yes. And sometimes one part takes more importance over the other. And in that case, it's the editing part that was more important for this book. Yeah. And when you came to make the book, once you'd obviously selected the images, did you, were there any images that you went out to specifically shoot or did you purely decide, right, I'm, I want to publish a book and I'm going to use only the images that I've, I've kind of captured already? I think, yeah, for this one, it was only using the images that I captured already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, that's it. It reminds me quite a bit of there's a photographer, Ian Sargent, who runs a publishing house as well, another place, Press. He published a series of books a number of years ago called Out of Out of the Ordinary, I think it was. And again, it's just, it's beautiful. You, you might class them as mundane or ordinary shots, ordinary scenes and locations that most people and myself included, you generally just walk past a lot of these day to day, but actually there's always someone out there whose eyes and, and attention is drawn to them. And I think, uh, I think what you've produced is, is a lovely, a lovely collection of work, but that it works so well within itself. Because as you say, there's some nice themes and topics that are running through it. Chimney pots, the rooftops, um, and then there's the, the side of the buildings and all the flowers and, and, and the leaves under different conditions as well. Yeah, I wonder if it's also kind of a book that I was able to make because of me being kind of new, well, newly back in Glasgow. Yep. And I'm not sure I would take the same pictures today. So yeah. I think that was also my reason for getting up the book out now is if I was to redo the book over again with pictures I'm making today, I wouldn't really have the same view on, on the city. Yeah, absolutely. So when, when did you photograph these images? Was it a, a previous time when you were staying in Glasgow or...? So um, I went back to Glasgow four years ago. Right. And so these are basically pictures from 2020 until 2022. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. So I suppose, yeah, it's all fairly newish work. But at the same time, if you were if you were to if you were to use images that you're maybe photographing now, a very different, a very different slant on them. Mm hmm. Well, that's it. But I suppose the fundamentally is we all change what interests us 
all develops. And it, it, at the same time, it would be quite interesting to do a comparison between what is your view on similar topics in Glasgow now or in another city compared to what it was when you were when you were capturing work for this book? No, we'll probably talk about this later, but some of my favorite four books are books by people kind of foreign to the people to the cities that they capture. Yeah. And so they're able to have those kind of fresh eyes on, on the cities. Yeah. And I yeah, I wonder what what it's like to lose those fresh eyes and if you can still make relevant work. Yeah, absolutely. And and are the images in the book from across the city or have you focused on, on certain areas? Because I'd imagine if you were if you're doing it on like your first encounters with Glasgow, this the locations you would go to maybe be a bit more far and flung between as opposed to if you were to come with a particular a particular focus in mind. Um, yeah, they're they're quite varied. So, but mostly the places I would go to normally. So in yeah. the West End, city centre, and South Side. Um, so there's not too many pictures of the north of Glasgow and and the east. Yeah. Um, yeah. that would be an interesting project to to take to take yeah. on. Yeah, it's it's always one of these things. I think everyone's views and what what they see and what interest changes over time and as you say you you begin to approach it with maybe like known eyes of glasgow and a bit more knowledge of glasgow as well and obviously you begin to seek out different locations but it's it's something that for me has got definitely the the potential for like a car wash poems two or three and stuff like that is maybe exploring particular avenues similar to i suppose you see the likes of cafe royal books and you see people who bring out like sequins one two three of, of a variety of books and it's it's something that can be i suppose captured over time and the images when you present them in the book in the format it's 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 the moment in time that you that you're kind of sharing yeah that's true and i wonder as well if if there's to be a carwash poem too if you see the changes over time to the city yeah um, I- absolutely why well, be i suppose you could return to some locations you could return to new locations and and as you say, see how see how things have changed or go at different times in the year just to capture the variations. Um, and yeah, it becomes interesting, very documentary from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and and while you while you kind of say it's like through the eyes of someone who's been captivated by its everyday charm, I suppose. A number two, it takes on a different it takes on a different feeling at that point because it's it's someone who's just like not so much captivated, but you're kind of you're you're delving deeper into what the city what the city is like. Yep, that's true. And have you how how did you find sequencing the book? Because obviously you're pulling together a couple of hundred photographs. Um and the the photography, it's very varied. Okay, it's very urban, but at the same time you, you suppose you did the thing that a lot of people do is you print it all out very small and then begin to look for patterns. But how 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 challenging was that, and how enjoyable was it, or frustrating as is probably the case? I think it was well equal parts enjoyable and frustrating, but yeah. um, having that tactile experience of the small print, I think that was the highlight of the journey. Yeah, because um, seeing seeing the pictures kind of come out of the screen is always really exciting. Um, and I, I think to me, what made it more easy was to have people to help me with the process. So my yeah. partner uh, and my, thankfully, my parents are quite keen, uh, yeah. have a keen eye for photography. So I was able to 
show them the sequence and kind of get their feedback on it. And I think that also helps you gain an appreciation for, for what other people may see in the pictures. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think when you're looking at your own work, you, you kind of know what the story is. You know what what you want to be telling, whereas actually other people will see it just without that connection and, and they see them as a set of images. So they're looking very much more at the flow of, of how the images work together. So, yeah, I think it's always valuable, invaluable to get the input and the honest input as well uh, from people who you know, who know your work. It's I think it's very easy for people to say, yeah, or for family and friends in particular to say, yeah, that looks really, really good. And that's really not very critical feedback in any shape or form whatsoever, as you'll know working at the art school. Um, what you actually need is you need someone to be able to push you in and kind of give you yeah, that's really nice, Gaston, but that image doesn't quite work or or whatever it is. But yeah, when you begin to print things out, you see things that you don't see if you're looking at them on screen, in my, in my view, certainly when you see your work uh, in, on paper. Did you find that was the case as well? Yeah, that was totally the case. And I think what's really, what I really love about books is that there's a kind of chronological sequence to them. It's not just a series of prints on a wall. So yeah. You have them follow each other, and I try to to find chapters in the book. Yeah. So there's there's a chapter with flowers, and there's a there's a chapter with the car wash at the beginning. Um, yes. And I don't know if that comes through in the book, but that was my way of telling a story through um, through the sequencing. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, carry on. No, I think that was what was really exciting about um, laying them together. And I think Charlene, my partner, who's a ruthless editor, um, I was quite <laughs> excited when she she understood. Um, she understood the sequence. So I think that told me that something was working with it. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think the sequence works works really really well. I think, and I think there's a na- a nice natural flow. It's it's all fine and well sequencing your images in the car wash and your your sub-themes, but then you've still to link the themes. So you you can have nice wee sets of themes, but then if they're if they're so abrupt as you're moving from one to another without some natural connection, then I think unless there's maybe text or or whatever, then I I think I think it becomes a bit strange. But actually I think you've you've really nicely put together the theme. And what is also lovely for me is is that I recognize some of the Maybe some of the places, some of the scenes. So it's always it's always really interesting just to to kind of see the views that I probably have seen many many times myself, but I have never taken my camera out to capture them um, because yeah. I just end up then end up with far too many photographs to to process and edit myself. Um, and how how did you de- how did you decide in terms of because I know a lot of them are full page spreads or double spreads. How did you kind of work out? what size you wanted all the images to be amongst the book so i'll be quite blunt but it was mostly an economical uh, choice yep. um <laughs> my it was my first book and i had yep. quite a rational thinking behind it that i wasn't going to print too many and i didn't want them to cost me an arm and a leg because yep. i wasn't even sure anyone would buy it so <laughs> uh, um so yeah i was quite reasonable in that way and I think at that size that it's printed on, because um, it's quite small, I think a lot of pictures needed to be full bleeds so yeah. that um, 
you can properly enjoy them because otherwise they would be smaller than a postcard and I think you wouldn't be able to immerse yourself in the scenes. Yeah, no, I, I, I really like the size of it. I think it's A5 love, or there or thereabouts, I think it is. Yeah, I think it's a lovely size and I, th- I think the size of the images works really well. And as you see, you're able to like kind of fully immerse yourself into some of the to some of the locations. And I like the occasional blank page as well. Um, I think it works nice. It's a nice mix. Um, it's nice when you've got like so some of the images that spread over a couple of pages and they, they kind of just sit, sit well together. Um, over over that and I think the print quality is really nice as well. I love the texture of the paper and I think it I think it works so well with the photographs. Were they shot digital or film? Film. They're all film, all uh, film and yeah. they're all mostly shot on kind of consumer cameras, so quite quite cheap. Yeah. Um, yeah. accessible. Yeah, but no, I I think I think the color has worked out. Yeah, it worked out really nice. There's a lovely texture to the paper as well. And I love the I love the special cover that you've got, which is is it Rhizo? It's it, yeah, it's Rhizo printed on, on newsprint, so quite thin paper. Yeah. Um I, I really wanted, yeah, as as a designer, I quite like nice things. So yeah. I, I wanted the experience of flipping through the book to be quite tactile and enjoyable it is is not just is books are such a physical thing and and part of it is not just part of the experience of the book is not just them not just the images inside but it's actually the experience of sitting down and and there's a lovely the 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 covers a lovely texture a lovely noise as well as it as it kind of crinkles around on the cover so uh, yeah i think it's i think it's invaluable that actually that the whole feeling of looking through the book is just as important as the images because it's a it's 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 the full experience that you get as opposed to just scrolling through a website or or looking at images on on in, a, in an exhibition is a very very different from that perspective. I think you. I'm keen to get your point of view on this as a keen collector of photo books. But the cover, because it's newsprint and it's very thin paper, it's quite fragile. And I thought, to me, it's part of the book that it gets a bit damaged when people read yep. the book and it's in the store and it, it'll get a bit. Um, crinkles but to me it's quite interesting but i imagine it might drive some people mad so i don't know what yeah, you think to, about it to, to me to me it doesn't bother me actually to me it's really nice because it's something that differentiates it from everything else um, and actually i i i quite i quite like it if i if i wanted to retain the cover in real pristine condition i could always i could always take it off and store it somewhere but actually, for me, it's part and parcel of, of it, and all the books I've got are neatly stowed away in shelves, and there's all sorts of different ones, um, that have all got different covers, different textures. But I like the feel of it. I, th- I think that's the thing, and I think actually, unless you're leaving it out for it to be exposed to a lot of hands, then I think on any bookshelf, once it's in the bookshelf, it'll be, it'll retain its, it'll retain its crispness, um. So actually, I I must say I really like it. I think it's a nice touch, and it just differentiates it from a lot of a lot of other books that you maybe see. And uh, yeah, it's a nice way to do it. I'd be interested to know where you got it printed from, um, particularly the book as well. But because uh, I think I think the print quality of it's really nice, and there's a lovely there's a lovely texture to the paper as well. Thank you, Ian. Um, 
the cover I hand printed myself and at right. the school uh, with our facilities. So I have the chance to be able to, to use right. that. Um, and I, I made it particularly because the rest of the book is digitally printed by yep. Mexam. Oh yeah. Um, which is based in the UK and yep. they, they do a really affordable service. Um, yep. And as you said, the print quality is quite good. Yeah. Um, but I wanted, I think sometimes uh, it can be a bit too perfect. So I wanted to add that kind of handmade element to the books. Um, and that's why there's the kind of handmade yeah. dust cover. Yeah, well, I think it's a nice combination. I see I've got a couple of books from people who have had the pages digitally printed and then they hand stitch the book together. So it becomes a combination of Hand, kind of handmade finishing touch because I think there's certainly demand and interest in that sort of kind of like a, that sort of product and then there's a lot of people a few books I've got that are entirely handmade hand printed mm. obviously at that at that level you're up to it's it's a different product entirely because you've got every single page that's been printed but no I think for for the product that you're offering I think actually the the this this special newsprint cover um is really useful. It obviously helps that you've got access to facilities um on your doorstep because not many people do, and therefore actually you've got an ability to experiment and excuse me and try something different. And uh, and do you think for your next publication you go for a similar format with something digitally printed and then and then maybe do the the hand finishing touch? Uh, I'm playing around with different ideas. Um. So I've got until June to to do a new book, um, right. and so I'm I'm trying to think. But for now, and the it, the idea is to continue with the same format, and um, just so that it can then yeah. form a series that makes sense together. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think yeah. I think a, a format, a series based around this, it's a lovely size. I think the number of pages you've got as well give it a real nice feel to it um, and the, the newsprint cover I really like. So is that is that the, the next publication, A New World, which I think you've got an exhibition coming up in start of June, is it? Yeah, that's right. Um, I've got an exhibition coming up at the Alchemy Experiment. Um, Very good. So, yeah. And and has pu publishing uh, the the car wash poems has that given you some like interest in publishing more books as part of your photography work? Yeah, that was the idea to kind of test out if I could do it and um if I could then try and distribute it and what yeah. it would be like in Glasgow to and also to get to know the people and the kind of book publishing scene and the, yeah. the different stores that carry these books. Yeah, there's there's certainly an active. Uh, I would say certainly online there's an active photo book community, and um, particularly on Twitter there's quite a big photo book community as well. Um, and yeah, I think there's a lot of support for photographers, particularly the likes of zine sharing and book sharing and stuff like that. Um, and with the advent of the likes of Mixam and You Love Print, it, it becomes now far more affordable for people to publish their own work. And you're seeing projects that otherwise would probably have never come to fruition now now become in print. And as you say, you don't need to publish, you don't need to print 100, 200 copies. You can print 20, 30 copies and you're still doing a, re a relatively affordable affordable price. Um, and is there anything you would change from your first publication into your next publication in terms of any any lessons that you learned, you've learned from the first 
from the first version? Yeah, uh, I think I would be tougher with the edit. Now, now I'll open the book, I see a lot of pictures that I'm not sure I would have included. Right. But I try not to be too critical because it's out now and I can't yeah. do anything about it. <laughs> oh, that's it. Um, so it's, all, it's all a learning process. Mm. So I think, yeah, that I've definitely learned to, that I should probably have a few more steps in, in the editing yeah. uh, to, to make it more concise. Um, and also, because the next book is going to be around pictures of older people. So, and they're all street photographs that contain people and I have a lot more pictures like these. So um, it's going to be a bit harder to, to edit down to a book size. Yeah. But that, that's where all part of the challenge comes in doing that. That's the thing. Um, and as you say, it's it's uh, just something we all have to kind of have to approach. And But I think, as you say, if you if you go through the first process, you begin to see what works and you maybe just find it requires an extra one or two steps or get a couple of other photography friends to, to kind of take a, a look at it, maybe from a who have got a street background or something like that or who just yeah. know your work and, and, and building that as a right okay you or give them a specific give a specific request it's always interesting if you tell people to maybe look at spe specific things in terms of right if there's half a dozen photographs that you wanted to trim out to bring the size down a bit then it's always a always an interesting one to to give but yeah I, th I think it'll be great to see the next book i'm looking forward to seeing the cover and how well it works with the the newsprint paper um because i think it's i think it's a really nice a really nice delicate touch as well and obviously I'm always interested to know what uh, other people's favorite books are. Um, one, because it's really quite interesting to see how the, th the subject matters that you photograph, is that reflected in the books that you enjoy collecting yourself? I don't know how many books you've got, but it would be great if you could maybe share, share three, four, five of your of your favorite photo books from your, your own bookshelf. And I know the favorites change on a day-to-day -day basis, but anyway, we've got to draw a line under it at some point. I think yeah, it was really difficult to choose to pick favourites. So I hope the <laughs> other books don't mind. No. Nope. Um, um, and I have some some books left in France, so I had to choose the ones that were here. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. The first one I'm sure you you know quite well is Book oh. Glasgow by uh, Raymond yep. de Bardon. Yep. Um, and I think it just made sense because it's another Frenchman, uh, taking pictures of. Glasgow. him discovering Glasgow yeah um and he gave a talk during the pandemic which was quite amazing to hear his story behind the book and him being there I think for Magnum uh in the 80s right and apparently it was for a photo story that didn't end up coming out so they yeah he he made this whole thing and it didn't end up being published until 2015 you was um, a bit of a gap yeah i hope i um, i'm not uh spouting nonsense i i, I tried to to look it up again uh, just before this but <laughs> um but i think yeah obviously you have a different perspective on this and it gains a different relevance today as it had back in the 80s um yeah, as you said it's it's really interesting to see some places you recognize and obviously i think you probably would recognize it more than i do because glasgow's changed quite a lot since then yeah um, 
Yeah, absolutely. And as it's like it, his book captures a moment in time in that era. Your book does the same thing. Then you've got people like Oscar Marzaroli and stuff like that who are photographed in the 60s and 70s. And it's fascinating mm. look, looking back through his, history. It's, I'm not a documentary photographer, street photographer myself in any shape or form, but I love these books. I think it's wonderful to look back through different books at different moments in time just to see what they capture of a similar location. Yeah, I think Oscar Marzaroli is also really interesting. I didn't include his book there, but yeah, it's got a lot more optimistic of a feel to the book. Yeah, and I remember when I bought the book, I looked at the the Amazon reviews for it, and there were a lot of Scottish people not very happy with how he <laughs> took pictures of Glasgow and just oh, it's it's a really grey and dull book and yeah. it's just really depressing. <laughs> but to me. I think the pictures have a certain fondness to them yeah. and they're, they're kind of got a humor and they're not, I think you, you need to, to look at them with a second look um, yeah. and they're not as depressing as they might initially see. <laughs> um, yeah. Very good. Okay, let, let's move on to book number two, maybe. Okay. I don't yep. know how yep. we're doing on time. Oh, no, there's no rush. Don't worry. Book number two. Um, excellent. Okay. Number two is uh, Pinkasov's um, Sidewalk. Right. So it's another kind of tourist book by someone who doesn't live in the city they're photographing. Oh, lovely. And cool. so Pinkasov is, um, he's originally from Russia, but he now lives in Paris. And he's also a member of Magnum. Ah. And this book is him going to Tokyo to cool. photograph. Uh, and it's himself is known for kind of his lovely, kind of mysterious Brilliant. color. Oh, lovely! And use of light. Um, and I think you, you'd love this book because it's really got a very nice tactility to it. Lovely. Looks and there's really a bit nice. of writing as well. Um, yeah. So I'll just describe it for the podcast people. But there's this um, transparent paper in between some of the pictures that kind of lets you see only little tiny bits of the pictures brilliant um and so because the pictures are already quite mysterious it kind of renders them almost abstract before you're able to see the full context yeah it's quite nice there's a few there's only a few books i've seen which do it really well but it's there, there adds like an, an element of mystery to it and I don't know how they do it, obviously, printing on a big scale, but it's really quite nice. And I think if you're doing handmade books and stuff like that, you've then got the ability to do it. Or if you're doing a commercially printed book, but then hand binding it, just add a different touch again, there's the flexibility and option to introduce things like those. And they just add mm. a different tactile element to, to the experience of looking through the book. But yeah, lovely. I love, yeah, I love, I'll take a look at that book because I love all the Japanese street photography. I think it's quite fascinating. And it's interesting to see it in colour relative to seeing it uh, very old, very Japanese traditionally, which is, can be very high contrast, black and white. Mm. Well, speaking of which, I'll move on to book number three, which is oh. the Provoke series yeah. of books. Uh, so these are from 68 to 69. They're... I think I'm cheating a bit because it's free book, free books, but um, <laughs> I'll let you off. Uh, 
they're they're a publication uh, so they're a, they're a magazine um yeah. various photographers um and as you said they're quite these very high contrast um white and white, yeah. images kind of and what i quite like about them is that it's quite a rebellious use of photography um and it's almost anti-photography in a way where you're exploring the medium until it kind of loses its meaning. So I, yeah. think, I have no idea what this thread is, no. <laughs> but it's, okay. it's a picture of something. Um, and this, this used to be a really super ex crazy expensive um, collector's item, but recently it got reprinted in Japan. Which I think is quite nice that people are able to kind of yeah. touch and see these books as they were. Um, and they're quite a nice facsimile as well. So they're reprinted almost like they were back then. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's nice it's nice to see it's nice to see them come back again as opposed to just how they, how they were, or or at least as you say, it allows people to have an, an option to to see the books in their current format. Yeah. Um, and what's quite nice as well is that there's a few texts kind of giving context to the work so that you're not just left with the Japanese text and kind of left wondering what it all means. Um, yeah. Brilliant. Lovely. Yeah, good to, good to see that. Another very good choice. Excellent. And book number four is another French man or French woman. Um, Right. And this is another kind of tourist book. Um, um she she was really fond of New York. Um she, but she lived in France and over I think about 15 years she she was not a very rich photographer. And she's still alive, but she's not really very famous or rich photographer. Right. So whenever she had enough money, she would buy a slight film and a plane ticket to New York to take pictures. Fantastic. And in 2002, she had kind of enough. Well, she felt what what she felt was enough to to do a book out of it. Right. Um, I think there's real poetry to to her work. Um, and you see a lot of street photography of New York, but I, I don't think anyone else is capturing it quite the same way. Um, it's, it's kind of really small and lonely moments. Um, yeah, and she photographs mainly at dusk or at night. Lovely. Or uh, in the morning, and they're kind of really mysterious snapshots. Um, yeah, nice, nice shots. Of people kind of lost in thought. Um, and I think there's yeah, there's a real empathy to the people in the frames. Yeah, another another nice book and lovely tones to that as well, and just as yeah. you say, just a bit of mystery to them. Um, it's quite nice, where as opposed to just seeing everything in beautiful, nice sunny blue day conditions and stuff like that. Actually, to see to see a photograph of New York, but yeah, with a with kind she, of like yeah, the, she's got a, a a really special use of color. Um, yeah, yeah, just to see that uh, the the sense of mystery to the city as well which i think is really nice and just puts a different spin on a major uh, world world city as opposed to what we're all maybe used to seeing day in day out and stuff like that 
Yeah, I think it, it is quite hard, especially today with we're bombarded with pictures of New York. It's quite hard to put a different spin on it. And yeah, I think that book manages that. Um, yeah, to be honest, we're bombarded with so many pictures. It's often very hard to make head or tail of so much it's so easy for mm-hmm. people just to take photographs so it's always really interesting just to see new work and new approaches um, and the beautifully mundane I think is is a lovely subject matter to be able to see uh, do you think you'll use your other images the ones that you were you kind of drew this collection from is there scope to maybe produce some other work of the, th- the themes of Glasgow that you previously photographed I think I've got a few themes. I'm not sure because I continue taking pictures. So obviously, yeah, kind of new pictures replace the older ones. And then sometimes I'm not happy with the older ones anymore. But um, I have quite a few big pictures of kind of Glasgow food culture and people eating. Cool. Because yeah. I take most of the pictures when I'm on my lunch break. So you see yeah. workers eating their sandwiches on yeah. work sites or businessmen kind of carrying um greg's on the way yeah. back to the office <laughs> um so i think that that could be another body of work um and yeah. then there's young people so young people partying um young people on bikes or kind of so that could be i think also a nice counterbalance to the current work i'm doing with because look what that's looking at older people yeah, well, that's it. There's um, some there's some lovely narratives there that you can kind of base them all around a, 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 a big city in terms of how people interact in different ways, how different groups of people interact. And I think because of the affordability and accessibility to, to publishing now yourself and the control you can have, it, it gives you the opportunity to, to do these things. Because I think if you went back five or 10 years to do something as you've done, it would be probably quite cost prohibitive mm-hmm. or you need to do far, far more. And then you end up with boxes of the books if they don't sell. Um, yeah. But now the way they are, you can do small runs and you can test things out. You can print a couple of copies or half, half a dozen copies just to see what it looks like. See if you've got your paper choice correct or if you need to make some tweaks. But uh, no, I, th- I think it's, it's a lovely book. I love looking back through, particularly the, for me, documentary photography, I think, uh, if there's a connection to maybe the place or the subject matter, then I think there's a real, there's something that's really quite nice just sitting down or if it's past memories that it's maybe a, a book of images around. I think, I think it's a wonderful thing. And as you say, it just, it just connects a moment in time um, and mm-hmm. captures a moment in time. So um, I think a uh, beautiful book, really, really pleased to have it. I, I look forward to seeing your next, next books um, given you've now got the book bug um, and just to see exactly what you what you do if you how much what you tweak how much you tweak it so uh, all these me to say is thank you very much Gaston for joining me this evening to talk about your talk about your work and your books um, thanks cheers cheers Ewan. thank you.